what do you say? Let's get huddled up on the SEMO ESPN Sports Network. Welcome in to a Tuesday sports huddle on SEMO ESPN Radio, the home of the St. Louis Blues, and they're in action tonight. Sports huddle. SEMO ESPN 1220 AM 93.5 FM and you can find us online at SEMOESPN.com. Eric Sean and the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer Jess Bolin inviting you to join us here in the huddle. Here's the huddle hotline number. It is 573-334-1220. 573-334-1220. The huddle hotline is powered by EBOMD. And we will take your calls as we move along this Tuesday program. Jess Bolin in the house. And we are getting ready for some blues hockey tonight. We got SEMO men's basketball at the Show Me Center tomorrow night. And uh, we had a, an interesting Monday night football game last night where the uh, Buffalo Bills, we talked about it yesterday, they may not make the playoffs. And they needed that game last night. I thought they would win it. Just because of the urgency, and man, they found a way to wet down their leg. Four turnovers for the Bills. You know, last night, that was a 33-yarder to win that Denver missed. And so, whoa, wait a minute, let's have 12 men on the field, give them another chance. You know, in my entire life, uh, pulling for the Cardinals, pulling for CMO, pulling for the Rams... I don't ever remember somebody missing a chip shot field goal. Anything inside of 40 in NFL is is pretty well chip shot now. I mean, they're that good. To get another opportunity to win after you just missed one, I don't ever remember any of my teams getting that. But it was a legitimate call, 12 men on the field. And I'm like, you Buffalo, I think, was on the bubble. And Buffalo has descended in the last two years, I guess, to where they was an elite team, maybe top four team in the NFL, to where they're in the middle of the pack. They're, they've come down that far. So. Boy, and what has happened to Josh Allen? Oh, I'd wish I knew. I'd call him and tell him. I mean... He is just a turnover machine, and, you know, he didn't used to be like that, and I wonder if that's just who Josh Allen is going to be, knowing the sense of urgency for this football game, and they needed that game last night. Maybe something goes in his brain that he's just got to force it and try to make a play. Yeah, I think you get to a level of excellence like Mahomes, like him, he thinks he can complete anything. You know, you can throw it in the crowd, and your guy's going to get it. I think it's a little bit of that. And uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, overconfident or what, but, um, <clears throat> you know, those guys out there in, in the backfield, especially in the NFL, are pretty good, too. So. And he clanked an extra point off the left upright early in the football game, too. Sean Payton, after that 70-20 to 20 loss to the Dolphins, he's got the Broncos at least... Well, they least, won three out of four since then. At least in the discussion to make a charge at a wild card. You know, I, I did make mention, and you can roll back the tape, you know, to yesterday before the game that Denver's defense has improved dramatically since that. And you had, wouldn't you have to? I mean, you'd have to improve after giving up 70. But they played a good defensive game against the uh, Chiefs, if you remember. And um, They dominated the Chiefs. So maybe the Denver's not so bad as we thought. You know, bottom line is, what are you, where are you at the season ends? They only go by W's and L's. Speaking of the Chiefs, Jess, off week 
bye week for the Chiefs. So Travis Kelsey flew down to Argentina to go to a Taylor Swift concert. (laughs) Taylor Swift changed the words of her song that she was singing to kind of say hi to Travis Kelsey. And then afterwards runs down to the area where Travis Kelsey is, gives him a big kiss, and she and her walk out. So all of the people she that run are, down in the crowd. Well, he was kind of in a certain section to the right of the stage, and then they left. And so all the people that are like, "This is fake. This is a publicity stunt. They're not really dating." Uh, can we can we shelve that, please? Their boyfriend and girlfriend. Can we? And we need to get her to the rest of the Chiefs games because they are undefeated when she's in the house. Yeah, and you know, I couldn't imagine what it'd be like celebrity life. You really don't have any privacy at all. Sure, it's possible they like each other. You know, it might not have anything to do with the entertainment that either one of them puts out. They might just like each other's personality, enjoy each other, and laugh. That's what it's all about, isn't it? But But to the media and certain Critics, there's no way that could happen, you know. That Taylor Swift's too good for Kelsey. I don't think so. The human heart has a way of telling you who's in your life and who ain't. So the breaking news this morning, Jess, Travis Kelsey's mother was... Filmed by a TikToker coming out of the movie theater last night. She had just gone to watch Taylor Swift's movie, The Era's Tour concert movie. Travis Kelsey's mother, a TikToker, (laughs) saw her put it online. (laughs) She went to see the Taylor Swift movie last (laughs) night. Jess, we need to get to the bottom of it. I wonder what role she's playing in that romance. Well, she sits in the box with I know. Taylor. They sit and talk. She's prominent. <laughs> All right. Th- that's your Taylor Swift mention for the day. I'll say one thing. She's got more followers than probably anybody in the world. When you say that's accurate statement. I don't know whether it's Twitter or TikTok. I don't have a clue what it's on. But I heard on TV she's got two. Let me clean my throat here billion followers is that possible uh on some platform on twitter she's got 94.8 million followers wow and it always tells you <clears throat> how maybe many, that was a total of all of it all of them how many people you are following on twitter i'm just going by twitter because that's the only one I'm me on. no no i'm going by twitter because you that's follow the, anybody on twitter yeah i follow lots of people Especially reporters. I don't think I follow anybody. So on Twitter, it tells you who you're following, and then you can click on and see who your followers are and all that good stuff. So can anybody else. But Taylor Swift follows no one on Twitter. She has 94.8 million. She follows no one. Well, that's kind of the way I am. I don't follow anyone either, but I don't think I have the money that she's got. If she had your money, she'd burn hers. Yeah, she's probably worth a billion now, don't you think? I don't think a billion would get it. I mean, just think of the record sales, the concerts, the promotional ads, and she does some of them, commercials. How much they have to pay her to do all those things? I'll say this. She's been up there quite a while, hasn't she? You know, in top of the line as far as celebrities go. With the success of her movie that Travis Kelsey's mom went to see last night, they are including this in her net worth. Her net worth is estimated to be at the moment one point one billion. Money miss that far, just a hundred million. So there you go. Let's get straight here. A billion is 1,000 million, right? That's what it is. 
<laughs> I remember they used to have a TV show on The Millionaire. And this anonymous donor would send a man around to someone, norm, just normal person like you and I. And they write him a check for a million dollars tax-free. And back then they were buying stadiums and hospital and everything with that million dollars. It wouldn't even touch the taxes on building like that anymore. Speaking of taxes, have you paid your taxes yet? Or is it in your house payment or what the hell you do yours? Property tax? All that? I got mine in the mail the other day. And they did raise the rates like, well, they said on TV they would. Don handles that. I don't know what the well, property tax yeah, is in St. Genevieve. With you, I'm sure someone that's got mathematical talent would take over your side of that. I got straight A's in math. <laughs> well, so, something went wrong. <laughs> I had one percentage glitch. That doesn't mean that I am not a straight-A math student. Either way, I see... So I'm watching some college basketball last night, and Jason Benetti was doing the play-by-play for FS2. And I had heard through an online report on social media this guy has been the longtime television voice of the chicago white Sox, and he jumps ship and he's going to the detroit tigers and the things that you read jerry reinsdorf who is the longtime owner of the chicago bulls chicago white Sox, and you know has been a crazy man and a lot of decisions one of the rumors was he did not like benetti who is he? He is used on national broadcast for football, basketball, baseball. I mean, he is a just a fabulous broadcaster. Good sense of humor. He works with Steve Stone has for years now, and he has jumped ship to the Detroit Tigers because of the rumor, according to uh, multiple reports in Chicago, Jerry Reinsdorf was not a fan, and so Benetti got the heck out of Chicago. You know, they, they almost rioted in the streets when he brought Tony LaRusso back to manage the White Sox. And, uh, oh, by the way, before LaRusso had his medical deal and ended up retiring from the White Sox, they went to the playoffs. How are the White Sox looking now? Mm, bad. Yeah. I don't think LaRusso had anything to prove going to Chicago. Still had an itch. Yeah, he was a Hall of Famer before that, and he he showed that he can still manage when he went to Chicago. So that's too bad about Benetti. I'm glad he's got a he's found a a new job. The uh, the guy Kevin Brown for the Baltimore Orioles. I wonder if he's got an itch to get out of Baltimore after he got suspended for reading a television graphic that they set up from the truck about. Uh, <laughs> here's here's what the uh, the Orioles record is in Tampa, Florida over the last however many years. Read the graphic, got suspended. Yeah. The Angelos family apparently uh, like the Reinsdorf family a little out there. So well, one thing about it, if you take a paycheck from anyone, not in business for yourself, you know, you take a paycheck, you can be fired at any moment. Okay, how good you are. That's Tucker Carlson. Who would have ever thought he would have just got fired off the Fox News? But, you know, you work for the other guy, it's possible. Poor Tom. I did both. I worked for the other guy, and I had business of my own. But, uh, did you watch Mizzou basketball last night? No, I did not. I uh, My sister came up, and listen, Tiss, she calls me up, and she says, 
Yes, I've got roast beef and stewed potatoes with it, you know, cooked with it. Corn and green beans, looking for a place. I said, 2001 Perryville Road, come on up. We had the best meal. You know where you cook the potatoes it along with the roast? She loaded all that food in her nice Cadillac. She did. Drove it up there. All five foot tall, 99 pounds, and drove up to miles. Women don't like you giving their weight on the radio. Well, I think they do when it's like that. <laughs> yeah, she's something. I, I mean, truly something. The boy, and it was a good meal. I'm man. just going to say, I need a review. Oh, I mean, you can't oh. talk about the food coming and the not talk about beef, how it you tastes. Just pull it apart with your fork, and those potatoes just as soft. Oh my goodness! I Gra- think I, gravy. You have gravy. I might like it. Well, we I use the juice from the roast beef. Yeah, but it, it's a sopper meal. You got a piece of bread, sop it in the juice. You will not eat a meal without a piece of bread. I know that. Well, yeah, I did. Um, I got on this diet. What happened, man? You, we'd go to a restaurant, and one of the first things you'd ask the waitress, that come with bread? Do I get bread with that? I is, know, there, is there a piece I know. of is there a piece of bread coming? When's the last time you seen me carry a cup of coffee in here? No, it's uh, it's all carbonated soda. No, it's water today. No, it's uh, you know, is that Ozarka? I don't know what it is. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, Ozarka. All right. That any good? Good to know. Yeah. You got to change your habits if it's affecting your health in any way. The way I look at it, it's it's easy to change. Coffee was giving me a little bit of a problem, so it's out. Get it out of here. Yeah, you know, I know. I understand a lot of people. I've have told trouble. you over the years. I don't do coffee. There you go. Um, I still like a cup of coffee, don't get me wrong, but I was drinking coffee two or three cups in the morning, after dinner, at night, and all that, you know, and it's just too much. So, last night, Mizzou, only up seven at the half. It was a four-point game, and then they hit a three right before halftime to go up seven. There was a stretch when they started the second half. They're playing SIU Edwardsville at Mizzou Arena. So tight game at the half. SIUE, Jess, went 16 minutes and 30 seconds without scoring a point. 16-30. Well, give me your analysis. They missed 16 consecutive shots. Give me your analysis of Mizzou. Are they a running gun team? Are they a... Big team, half-court team, slow, fast. They've got some size. Got the outside shooters. They're going to have to rebound better than they did last year. That was one of their Achilles heels was being able to rebound the basketball. Did they play smoothly last night? In other words, come up and down the court three times without stopping for a foul. They look good. They were eleven of twenty nine from three. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. Who did they lose to? They just got their clock. They got too, beat didn't they? by fifteen points, seventy fifty five, to Memphis. Yeah, last Friday. I haven't seen Mizzou play, and I saw just a snid bit, maybe a minute or two one day, but I had more important thing to watch. I don't remember what it was, but. Uh, well, they're two and one now. They beat Arkansas Pine Bluff, so you know the swag schools make their money. So they beat the two teams they should walk over. Yeah. They they play a lot of money games. The swag. So they will Thursday. They go to Minnesota. So Big Ten matchup. I don't know what the outlook is for the Golden Gophers this year, uh, but that's going to be the only Power Five school they play for a while. They'll come back home and host Jackson State, South Carolina State, Loyola, Maryland, before they travel to Pitt on November 28th after Thanksgiving. Cleveland Cleveland State. Yeah. um, Do you think coaches make a difference? He has. I think absolutely makes a difference. College coaching certainly does. But it, uh, it all depends on his staff kind of recruiters they well, are he's got david nutt on his staff that that's that puts, one good that one. puts him over the top yeah yeah and 
And then Missouri football, coaching change there, I believe, has made a difference, though, too. They're recruiting better, and, and Mizzou's pretty tough. So it's nice to see. Right now, think about this. You win these final – you're ranked 11th right now, okay? You win these final two games. If this was next year where they expand the playoffs to 12, Mizzou's in the college football playoffs. Yeah. At 10-2? and two, how many teams are at this year? Six? Four. Four. Ooh. That expands to 12 next year. That'd be hard to make. But you go 12-2, and two, you win these final two games against Florida and Arkansas. 12-2. and 10-2, and two, but you would be one of the 12 oh. to get in. I mean, can you make an argument against Mizzou if they were 10-2 and two and the, the field was 12? Do they have any chance at all to make it this year? No. Two losses ain't going to do it. Yeah. Well, I put it this way: It's a pleasure to watch them play now. I know there are they people. Hustle. There are people that hate the SEC, and I'm sure jealousy can play a part in that. Whatever you like, these SEC. You don't like the SEC. It's Mizzou's conference. So there are people now that are hoping that potentially, maybe Alabama could beat Georgia, and there would be other one-loss schools or undefeated schools that could keep the SEC out of the playoff. And I say, not a chance. Even if Georgia would lose to Alabama, Georgia's going. And you never know, Georgia and Alabama. They go, well, you, you, you can't. got two losses, don't they? No, they've got one. They lost hmm. to Texas. But they lost to Texas and Tuscaloosa. They've still... Alabama's playing as well as anybody in the country right now. They are really playing well, and so Did you is Georgia. Think they wouldn't? I mean... They got a little oh, they bit had of a history. lot of turmoil at quarterback early on in the season, but they're settled in now with Milrow. He's playing well. You uh, you taking calls? I'd love to have a call. All right, we're going to head to the EVOMD huddle hotline where Ken joins us in the huddle. Ken, good morning. Hey, morning, boys. So, Eric, if when Jess goes to Lambert's, what do you set the over-under total for number of thrown rolls that Jess will consume? Well, this is, this is new material. This is breaking news that he's not eating as much bread as before. So, you know, before uh, his uh, his cutback on bread, I would go four rolls at Lambert's. Was uh, Eric, was that you and me and the families uh, yes. that went and they just kept throwing them to me? Yeah. Uh, somehow somebody found out I played baseball, Ken. And he kept firing them to me. I bet six or seven in a row. I wonder how they knew, you know, your sister only plays piano at Lambert's. They probably got the whole scouting report on you before you even uh, came in. Might have. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah your sister's a joy, man. To be, to, to, she still does that, right, Jess? Oh, Lambert? yeah. I mean, everybody likes Neva. She's, she might have uh, more friends than Eric and I together. And definitely more listeners to the show, right? Yeah. Well, the next yeah. time I, I go to Lambert's, I am requesting some traveling Wilburys from her on the oh, yeah. piano. <laughs> That's her favorite. There yeah. we go. That's what we need. Yeah, I've gone up to her a couple of times. I don't know. We make it over a couple of times a year. It depends. The last time we were there, I don't even remember when it was. Probably in the last year. She wasn't there, so I was just curious. But you know, yeah, thing, She's cut what, it down. Uh, kids, she used to do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now she does it Saturday and Sunday. You know, oh, I gotcha. up until I think just a couple of years ago, because, uh, you know, I hadn't been in a while. And I was talking about the fact that uh, the only place that I can even think of these days that does not take a debit or a credit card was Lambert. Yeah. Man, it was cash. But uh, Minner told me, uh, no, they changed it like uh, a couple of years ago. And so they now actually take debit and well, credit Well, you know cards. what? They had to lose some customers, didn't they, boys? Well, they had an ATM uh, right there. They they would point you to the ATM, say, sorry, it's cash only. There's the ATM. Yeah, well, but, a lot of people, I think, turn away and walk away. But I haven't been there in a while. I'm taking Minner's word for it on this thing. Can, hey, how, how, old is, so how old is your sister, Jess? Uh, I don't get into that. <laughs> yeah, he already he already gave her weight, so he's right. probably he's probably in the doghouse there. 
If he wants to go deep into the bowels of the doghouse, he gives her age. You better age. believe it. I, I learned a long time ago, you do, you don't talk about a woman's hair yeah, you gotta or her weight you, or her age. Come on, Ken. You're better than that. you you got to tiptoe around that stuff, man. Well, and, and, and it really doesn't matter. But my whole point was, I mean, I, I go from one room to another in my house sometimes to get to that room and forget why what I went in there for. And she's... Uh, an unbelievable piano player, whatever age she is, to still be able to do that, that's, that's uh, incredible. Yeah, she's never had a lesson. She can't read music. Wow. Hey, switching uh, gears real quick. You guys were talking about Mizzou. I'm on the uh, selection committee for the Card Trophy, you know, the uh, we call it Southeast Missouri's Heisman, best football player in the area. And three, I don't know, I guess it was three years ago anyway, we took a, a little heat and grumbling when we, we gave the award to Connor Tollison. Well, he's, he's proving us, uh, himself pretty worthy of the award. I mean, I see some lists where he's you know ranked as maybe you know the top 12, 15 players in the conference. Probably, I'd say for sure, whenever he decides to come out, going to be a draft pick. But we just, uh, you know, we went off the board, off the script a little bit. Uh, did you, know, you take heat? Find- hey, Ken, did you take heat because of the position that he plays, not the fact that he's an elite football player? Yeah, a little bit. And Kale Wilker, you know, his quarterback that year put up some gaudy numbers. But, you know, we, in the meeting, I mean, we, we meet over at Texter Hickory Log and uh, on a Wednesday night and do it anyway. It was, a, it was a long meeting and it was some lively discussion, but we just tried to go by the guidelines of the best player in Southeast Missouri. And we thought, you know, he was, he was as dominant as dominant could be. And uh, so, I mean, not a lot of heat, but just some social media stuff, you know, that Welker threw for this and ran for this. But we thought Tolleson was the best player, and I think we got it right that year. Hey, Kale Welker had a great year. Led him to two state championship games, won a state championship. But Tolleson was right there as well. Yeah. He was on both those teams. Yeah, he was. Hey, switching gears real quick. I was just, I drive for a living, basically, so I have a lot of time to think and, you know, listen to, you know, different shows or whatever. But I wanted to ask you guys a question. What is your... What's the most enjoyable or biggest, or I know that to be biggest, the most enjoyable sporting event you've ever attended in person? Again, doesn't have to be the biggest, but maybe just you know the best or whatever meant the most to you. Uh, best sporting event you've ever been to? Well, I can do that easy, and it has nothing to do with me. You know, I'm I'm gonna eliminate the caps and and me. Okay, well, I was at uh, the final game in 1964 with Frank Rayburn, a good friend of mine. And we were there to see the Cardinals win their first pennant since 1946, where Bob Gibson came in after pitching Friday night, came in a Sunday afternoon game. I never seen anything like it, Ken. You, you, nobody wanted to leave the stadium. And when you walked out on the street, everybody's your brother or sister. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was amazing. That, that's probably the one thing that I sat through. It could have been a three-way tie that day. And Philadelphia is a team the Cardinals caught was 10 games behind in August. But they had to have Philadelphia to win on the last day against Cincinnati or there could have been a three-way tie. And so you had all these things going on, and the cards came through and came from behind against the Mets. That's back in the Ken Barrier, Bill White days. And uh, that's probably the number one for me. And you watch that game at the the corner of – Grand and uh, Dodier, yes. right, old, old sportsmen's, yeah. Yes. <laughs> How about you, Eric? Well, oh, man, I would have to say I've been to a lot of, boy, I don't know. Um, I go to more college events than I do professional events. I get I'm different in that just like going up to a Cardinal game, I'm not really that interested. Well, I'm not either anymore. I, I go to I go to these games all the time and I'm I'm, I'm I just, don't. No, no, I know you do. <laughs> but no, I I used to go to a game once in a while. In fact, Frank Rayburn and I uh who has passed since and boy just an unbelievably great friend. Um we went to the Friday night game. Al Jackson beat Bob Gibson one to nothing on a broken bat Ed Cranepool pop fly that dropped. And then he, he pitched the whole game, I think. And then Sunday, just one day's rest, afternoon game, here he comes out of the bullpen again. So, and then 
we after the loss on Friday night, the Cardinals got stomped on Saturday. So that's why I throwed everything up in the air. And then uh, so I called Frank and I said, hey, you know what? This is the last game. I'm going. And he said, pick me up. So that's how that turned out. But I don't go see many games anymore. I didn't even see a game this year. I would say, Ken, believe it or not, you know, football, basketball, baseball. I mean, I've been to a few hockey games. Went to a hockey game where Brett Hull scored a hat trick. I would say 2022 OVC Baseball Championship game in Lexington where the Red Hawks are playing Belmont. Belmont won the regular season title. Simo's down a run in the ninth. And it looks like their season is going to be over. Belmont has its closer in there, and he's really good. And Andrew Keck hits a game-tying home run. And then in the 10th inning, Javon Mason and Tyler Wilbur each hit home runs. Simo scores three in the 10th. Belmont comes back with two. They've got the tying and winning runs available, and Simo wins the game 5-4 to four with three in the 10th, and they hit three home runs in the 9th and the 10th innings from their studs, Keck and Wilbur and Mason, and they win the OVC championship, and they've won a lot of them and ended up going to the NCAAs. But uh, that was as fun a game to watch and broadcast as I can remember. Yeah, I, I, that was a great game. I was I was working that day somewhere. I don't remember what was going on. But anyway, I couldn't pick it up on radio, but I had you on, well, uh, what yours, on, Ken? The, on the app and listen. Tell us what yours is. Well, mine was, uh, and I've been to you know, like, a lot of Blues games. I've been to Kentucky Derby, Indy 500, different stuff. But mine was a bucket list item a few years ago, uh, going to Augusta. and took my son down there. Nice. And Yeah, I mean, it, it, and, you know, you hear all the, you know, uh, it, it's, it, it's, more hilly than it looks, which is true, and TV doesn't do it justice, which is absolutely true. But we got there, and walked, you know, and and I would have gone there to not even see a golf tournament if you know they would have allowed me to walk around two or three hours. It's just the the course, you know, is the star. But anyway, we get in and walk down back down to eight Amen Corner to twelve and thirteen there, and I mean, you know, and I'm a sap anyway, but literally tears in my eyes with my son there and getting to see that, and just it, uh, unbelievable. That was the best one for me by far. It's pretty good. Yeah. Going to the so, Masters. Oh, no doubt. But like you mentioned, Kentucky Derby and Indy 500, and I know I'm a sports guy. I don't have any interest in going to the Kentucky Derby or the Indy 500. I, I'd rather watch it on TV if I'm going to. You know, I, I know that I'm in the minority there, but I've been to so many games that I, I you know, unless I'm working the game, I, I don't really have a. A big desire to go to. Uh, honestly, man, you can pick up so much more by watching the games and high def and replay and analysis and the whole. I don't know. I just I like watching big games on my big screen, Ken. Oh, I'm with you, and that's. I mean, you know, football, uh, well, all sports, but football in particular, are much better on TV. You don't get the the advantage, you know, the uh, the tailgating. And that, that's to me one of the big advantages of going to football. It's just the tailgating part of it. But you're right. And my other one, real quick, I, I guess, you know, and it wasn't the best event, you know, big time event I went to, but when SEMA uh, went to the first tournament and at the Gaylord Center and beat Murray State in uh, the finals of that OBC tournament after the year before, we went over there and got beat on the Aubrey Reese floater over Bud Ely and to finally beat those suckers, you know, and get to go to a big dance for the first time. That would be probably my best or most fun single game event that I went to. Well, I will also say, uh, you know, I, I gave you number one. There have been a lot of uh, championships that have been exciting, uh, but I would also say 1A would be when the SEMO women's basketball team won the OVC tournament under Rika Patterson. They were beaten by Tennessee Tech in the first round. They they were going to lose that game, and Taylor Pruitt hit that long three at the buzzer, and they pulled it out, and then they steamrolled Belmont and UT Martin. Steamrolled them. And then one AA would be four wins in four days, and you think you have lost the game to Tech uh, in the men's basketball tournament last year, 
and it was a two-pointer because his foot was on the arc, and everyone, including the officials, thought the game was over, and they came back and won the game. So uh, those are the ones for me, the uh, OVC Baseball Championship and those two OVC Basketball uh, Championships because SEMO's women were beaten, and when they won that game, Belmont and UT Martin, who are the class of the league before SEMO won that tournament, and they were not even competitive with the Red Hawks. And to see what Brad Korn's team did, four wins in four days, uh, those are the ones that are uh, pretty high for me. Rusty Hendricks chimes in. Apparently he was at game six in 2011 when Freeze hit the walk-off home. Oh, yeah. That's a good game to, yeah, to be I think at. So. That's so. Uh, that's a great, great one. Now, if you're going to go number two... Then I got to bring in my ball club. Nineteen eighty won the first Missouri State championship we ever won in nineteen eighty. Now we didn't even participate in it until maybe nineteen seventy seventy one. But the first time I think you win any kind of championship is always going to be special. And I remember that team. I think Rick Weezer was on that team. Well, I'm sure he was. Chris Janet. Whole, you know, just a bunch of ex Semo players, and uh, <clears throat> it was that was a lot of fun. We even got champagne. My wife and uh, Judy Weezer I think, went out and got champagne and threw it all over us. Then you can't get that pink out of white uniforms, so we played the rest of the tournament, and I mean the national tournament with the little champagne stain. But that's okay. Not bad. Yeah, it's a fun topic, and, you know, yeah, yeah. I think because it, it's not necessarily, you know, the, the the biggest event you've been to, but what, what what means the most to you, and I think it's one that you probably, you know, after the show, you'll think this afternoon, oh, man, I went to this or that, and it brings up other thoughts. It's just, a, it, I don't know, it's kind of a cool question or topic to explore. So my first Cub game at Wrigley Field was when I was in college at SIU. Uh, me and a buddy drove up on, like, no sleep, to watch Cubs Mets, and this is I want to say ninety three maybe. And uh, do you remember a pitcher for the New York Mets, Jess, named Anthony Young, who set the all time record for consecutive losses by a starting pitcher? Yes, I he do. lost a ton of games. So we go to the game, and it's Anthony Young pitching for the Mets. I think he lost twenty games in one year. Yeah, I mean, just in a row, and it may have extended over you know one year to the next. And he year. really had good stuff. I yeah. mean, he was not a not a guy that you would just think that would do. You've got to be yeah. a pretty good pitcher to lose that many and not. Lose yeah, because your... they just keep marching you out there. Exactly. So we we go to the game, and Anthony Young is dominating the Cubs. All right, Sammy Sosa's on this team. And it was unbelievable. And he had a one nothing lead, uh, and he ends up leaving the game. And the Cubs are trailing in the ninth inning. And Sammy Sosa gets a walk with two outs. And the Cubs had a guy named Glenn Allen Hill. Remember that dude? Yep. Could hit it nine miles. So Glenn Allen Hill's at the plate, and... He strikes out to end the game. Oh, wait. He foul-tipped it off the glove of the catcher. Todd Hundley couldn't hold on. Next pitch, walk-off, home run by Glenn Allen Hill. It looked like Anthony Young was going to win the game over the Cubs. Glenn Allen Hill hits a walk-off home run. And if you've ever been up to uh, Wrigleyville, uh, there is a bar called the Cubby Bear. And the guy from the Cubby Bear that owns the Cubby Bear, and I don't know if he's still around. The Cubby Bear is still around, but there was back then, and he was an SIU grad. I was going to SIU. He was getting married that day because we recorded the game on VHS so we could watch (laughs) it and see if we could see ourselves. We were just behind the third base dugout at Wrigley, like two rows back. Great seats. I don't know how we got him. It was a long time ago. And... Apparently, he was on the roof across the street, rooftop. Uh, his whole wedding party is there in the tux. His wedding party in the tux is bright as there in her dress. And they had their wedding party on the rooftop across from Wrigley Field. And Glenn Allen Hill, it's a walk-off home run, my first Cub game at Wrigley. Wow. And you kept, 
you can't hold a beer back, can you? It was pretty cool. Yeah. I I saw uh, I saw McGuire's sixtieth. Uh, I think it was a Saturday against the Reds, and first at bat he pounds one off the stadium club. And I thought, man, he's going to hit at least sixty-one and tie. And I think he struck out like three times. But that was uh, that was pretty cool getting to see uh, getting to see number sixty that day. Yeah, man, that was just of course the Cardinals were out of it, and but that that was a that was an unbelievable summer. Great thirty for thirty, Eric. I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you've seen it. Oh yeah, uh, long gone summer. I yep. Think. Yeah. And uh, I I would throw this in as far as the McGuire experience goes. It was the final day of the regular season, you know, and they're playing. And they play the Expos that day. Didn't he hit it? Uh, you know, so yeah. they're playing the Expos, and I'm, at, you know, we it's affiliates day for the St. Louis Rams, and we're a Rams affiliate. So I'm sitting in a suite at the Trans World Dome at the time, watching the St. Louis Rams play, and um, so all of the suites up on the top level all have televisions. I'm sure they still do. Well, the game was on, the Cardinal game, and they also had the Cubs game on because it was McGuire and Sosa going back and forth. And so when, remember Tony Banks, the quarterback before <laughs> yeah. Kurt Warner? Yeah. Had, the, had his dog named Felony. Felony, yeah. Yeah. So Tony Banks... <laughs> Is a quarterback, and the Rams come to the line of scrimmage getting ready to run a play, and McGuire hits his 69th, and everybody on the top row, and there were people down in the lower levels that were listening to the game on the radio, but they were at the the Rams game. Remember, that, that whole summer, man, everyone was following everything McGuire did. He hits 69, and the crowd goes nuts as Banks is at the line getting ready to call a play, and the Rams get a false start. Because the crowd was going nuts. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know McGuire just hit a 69th. And so as we're walking out after the Rams lose, uh, we're, we're walking out, but they have all the TVs on, and McGuire's coming up for his final at bat. And so we stop at one of the TVs, and we're watching, and he hits 70. And, you know, we're downtown at the Dome, Jess, and people are driving around downtown <laughs> screaming and honking their horns as we're walking out of the dome after he hits number 70. But I watched it on a television walking out of the dome uh, after a St. Louis Rams game. So I wasn't actually there, but I was just a few blocks away. That's a cool story. Hey, you know, and I, Jess will like this one really quick, and then I'll see if he agrees with what I had to do at the eight, when I finished the story. But anyway, in 87, I went to uh, – Went to summer school at SEMO one semester, just took some classes over the summer, and me and a few buddies. Back then, you could go and get the uh, bleacher tickets, the general admission, five bucks. You get them and just walk and usually get down the front row if you got there early enough. So we go to like literally 11 games that summer in 87. Of course, you know, and the Cards won the pennant, went to the series, lost the Twins. But we go to 11 games, and all those 11 games I went to, the Cards were 0 and 11 that summer. So <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I, yeah, and, and Jess, uh, I mean, you have to do this, right? Is like, and yourself from postseason, which I couldn't have, I couldn't have afforded a postseason ticket anyway. But I said, man, even if I somehow get a ticket, I, I can't go to the postseason after all an all one eleven summer with me. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, a team that won the pennant and goes to the World Series, you wouldn't think uh, go eleven times. You see eleven losses. No, uh, and over the summer, just you know, like we yeah. Tuesday night, a Thursday afternoon, we get to go, and yeah, I, I couldn't buy a win. I'm like, hey, if somebody gives me the ticket. To a postseason game, no, I can't, can't do it. Can't go. Good stuff, Ken. Hey, you guys have a good one. Enjoy, enjoy the show as always. All right. Thanks for the call. See you guys. Hey, good topic, man, right? Yeah, you bad. know, we could talk all show about special days in sports. I mean, my goodness, you stop and think. Maybe we ought to just start out a show sometime and just talk about the for instance, the number one event you ever saw at SEMO or number one event in Missouri or, you know, you can go down line. And um, I think it's interesting. Uh, people out there listening may not enjoy it that much. Never know, but they wow. probably got their own stories. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Listeners, they, they've got their own stuff. But... 
You said 64 you were there? Yeah. That had to be pretty cool. Well, we didn't have good seats. It was one of those deals where, you know, the Cardinals were driving uh, in September to win it. So the seats got to where they're pretty tough to get. So we were setting up pretty high. You know, it wasn't like we were down there on the field. But we were there. And I guess the most impressive thing to me when the Cardinals won it in 64 on the last day of the year, I don't remember the celebration on the field as much as I do out on the streets. And we probably stayed in the stadium for a half hour after the game because nobody wanted to leave. You know, they enjoyed it so much. As you go out on the streets where people usually are not that courteous, everybody, did you see that game? I mean, out there on the street, in the cabs or wherever you went, Everybody honking their horn. It was just um, unbelievable. Well, they hadn't won it at 64, and they hadn't won since 46. So a few years, 18 years there and without one. So, And back then you went to the World Series. There were no playoffs, you know. You went straight to the World Series. And then the Cardinals beat the Yanks in the 64 World Series. Made it better than ever. You still taking calls? Yes. All right, let's head back to the EBOMD huddle. Hotline Michael is on the line. Thanks for the call, Michael. Welcome into the huddle. Thank you. Uh, so you're talking about sporting events that you went to that you enjoyed. I've got three. Two are basketball. One is football. The first basketball was when UCLA played Notre Dame at Notre Dame, and John Wooden broke the old record streak of 60 by the San Francisco Dons to make 61. Then between that and the next time basketball game, the 73 Sugar Bowl when Notre Dame played at Bama and won the national championship. And interestingly, you know how hot those tickets would have been, and they had a, a, a lineup that you could do for tickets, and it was crazy. And I used my head and went to my professors in my major and said, are you going to use your tickets? And they said no. So I got, I ended up with eight tickets to that game, and wow! And I ended up, uh, they sold them to me at, at face value. So I only needed one. I offered it to my brother, and he decided not to go. And <clears throat> so the, the remaining ones that I had extra, I just sold to whoever wanted them for the face value because my props didn't gouge me. I wasn't going to gouge anybody else. So that game was exciting because it was a back-and-forth thing. And then finally, about two weeks after that game, when Notre Dame played UCLA at Notre Dame and broke the 77-game win streak, scoring 11 points in the last two minutes to win, and they were down by 10. Man, that is fantastic. And it ended up eventually being an 88-game winning streak, right? I'm not sure. I thought it was 77, but but it may have been 88. No, I but mean, whatever, I, I think, whatever it was. I think when the, it was the, finally broken by Elvin Hayes and company, when they finally broke the the 88 game winning streak, I thought. No, no, we did, because Hayes was before they started. Ah, the streak. okay, okay, I got you. So it was, was another. Back when, it was uh, another streak. Kareem was there. There you go. But uh, Michael, uh, let they, me ask you something. They said that the noise that rose when. Uh, the center shoemate grabbed the last rebound and threw it up in the ceiling. Uh, it was as loud as a seven forty-seven. Wow! So that that um, Sugar Bowl game that was in New Orleans, right? Tulane Stadium. Yeah, at old Tulane Stadium. Tulane Stadium. Era Parsegan. Yep. Twenty-four. Twenty-three. Yep. Man, that that had to be outstanding. Uh, to be there to watch it. Well, Tom Clements was an underrated quarterback. He was good for them. And Bryant had a strategic decision where he could have uh, tried for it on uh, a, a long four, and he just punted it to put him way down uh, in the uh, in their own territory. But Clements made a, a, a big third down pass that got him within range to, to score the final points to win. And then 
I'm sure you were not excited in 93 after the Irish beat Florida State and then lose to Boston College on the late field goal, and it was Florida State that played for the national championship, not Notre Dame, despite the fact that the Irish beat the Seminoles head-to-head. I agree. I thought that was wrong. Uh, it was uh, uh, they stubbed their toe on that game, but that shouldn't have between the two of them. It shouldn't have disqualified them. But I so love it. I love the T-shirts though that they made in South Bend. It was Notre Dame thirty-one, national champions twenty-four. Yeah, those are great they, T-shirts. They they used to come up with some pointed ones, especially for Southern Cal, because that was always the big game of the year. Right. Trojans burst under pressure. You don't happen to have a Catholics versus convicts T-shirt, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. But Miami was another one that became yeah. quite a, a uh, rival. Those are some good rivalry games, man. Yeah, they and, were. And really, if you if you go back and you think about uh, what was it, two thousand seven? Was it oh seven? The origination of the Tush Push, but they called it the Bush Push where yeah. USC uh, quarterback sneaked it into the end zone, and didn't they go on to, to win the national championship that year after they, after they, they Bush-pushed it in at Notre Dame? Yeah, I think that's what happened. All right. I don't mean to bring up bad memories. No, that's all right. <laughs> those are good. You, those are some you good. have to play, and you have to lose some, too. Those are some famous games, man, that you were at. Yeah. They, they were fun. Well, he's a lawyer. What do you expect? Yeah. Thank you. I, yes. I, yeah, I mean, way to, it's a way to use that big brain to get those uh, Sugar Bowl tickets. Something like that. Uh, At least it was fun. And got it in face value, which is unheard of and probably couldn't be done today. You know what? Probably not. No but, chance you're getting them at face value. They were They were decent people about it, and that's why I didn't gouge. That's fantastic. Always great to hear from you, Michael. Thanks for the call. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Good stuff. Hey, Kenny brought up a pretty good point there. Pretty good subject. Got to take a timeout. Sports Huddle roaring right back after this timeout on SEMO ESPN. Sports Tunnel, SEMO ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM. And you can always find us online at SEMOESPN.com. Uh, not only uh, we mentioned the college basketball with uh, Mizzou winning last night, uh, but there was an upset in the top 25 last night, Jess. I don't know why. Villanova agreed to go play at Penn, Pennsylvania. They went to play at Penn, and they got upset last night. 21st-ranked Villanova loses at Penn, 76-72. to I saw some highlights from the game. Jay Wright, their uh, multiple national championship coach who stepped away from coaching, was there and saw Nova go down to Penn. So big... Uh, Big win for the Ivy League last night, but a top 25 goes down. Well, I, always like to, I always like to see the upset. I do, too. I do, too. Even it out just a little. And Arkansas rolled over Old Dominion. Uh, Purdue, Xavier, that was a game that uh, I watched a little bit of. I mentioned that Jason Benetti uh, was doing the play-by-play -play in that game. So... That was a, a good game. Uh, Purdue, uh, Zach Eady, uh, the seven foot four center for Purdue, did not go to the NBA. Didn't get great feedback from the NBA. I mean, the, these big, plotting, you know, dominant big men. Uh, that's not part of the game anymore. I mean, Victor Wembanyama is, you know, he, he is athletic. He's shooting threes, and Eady doesn't do all of that. You would think someone would have a roster spot for Edie, but one thing I did notice, uh, and they talked about he had slimmed down in the offseason, so he's trying to get a little bit more athleticism, a little quick, a little more quickness. Um, but that was uh, basically the night in college basketball. And we've got some games tonight. Uh, if you're a College Hoops fan, 
Uh, I don't know how competitive these games are going to be, but we do have uh, one good game, the State Farm Champions Classic. Six o'clock on ESPN, Jess. You've got Duke and Michigan State. Always a good game. Marquette and Illinois. Marquette's ranked fourth, Illinois 23rd, FS1 at 7 o'clock tonight. So you've got some ranked teams going at each other. And then following that Duke-Michigan State game, Jess, the number one team in the land, the Kansas Jayhawks, take on the Kentucky Wildcats. Ooh. Kansas and Kentucky, 8.30 ESPN. So we got some, Where's that at? Got some pretty good got some pretty good hoops. Kansas, uh, Kentucky, where's it at? It is going to be at United Center in Chicago. It's part of that tournament. So it'll be Duke, Michigan State. Well, I'm going to take Kansas. It's the State Farm Champions Classic in Chicago. Who you take? I'll take Kansas. I'll take Kansas, too. Although, I'll be rooting for Kentucky. Anytime Kansas can lose, it's a Yeah, I don't really thing. care anything about Kansas. Yeah. But they, they've had a good program for, you know, Maybe a down year here and there, but pretty good program basketball for years. Got a slap on the wrist. For you know, the I heard hole. something on the radio on twelve twenty. Going home the other day, or coming to the show, I can't remember which it was about the uh, Chicago Bears. They was talking about uh, I don't know which team is it, Detroit or who. It's got two draft choices in top five coming up. The Bears do. Well, you know what? They had that one other time. And you know who they got? Gail Sayers and Dick Buckus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the can same you, draft. Yeah, can you imagine getting two guys like that at the same year? And they've got the Carolina Panthers. Both Pan- Hall of Famers. They've got the Carolina Panthers pick, and the Bears aren't going to win many more games. There is a chance, if you're the Bears, this is what I think the Bears you need get to do. Well. They need to go get Jim Harbaugh. Because I think he's going to get the heck out from underneath the NCAA's thumb. I think he's leaving Michigan. You get Jim Harbaugh, who's a quarterback whisperer. You get Caleb Williams, the quarterback from USC, and you get Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State, the best wide receiver in the nation. And you could rebuild your football team in a hurry hurry with Harbaugh, Caleb Williams, and, and Marvin Harrison Jr., now we'll see if it happens. Uh, Jess, baseball note before we get out of here. And by the way, the managers of the year will be announced tonight, 6 o'clock MLB Network. The rookies of the year, let's roll back the tape. These are the two guys I predicted to win rookie of the year uh, before the season started when we did our predictions. Corbin Carroll of Arizona, unanimous. All 30 first-place votes. And Gunnar Henderson of Baltimore, unanimous. All 30 first-place votes. It's the first time it has been 30 for 30 with first-place votes, Jess, since 2017 when Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger were the rookies of the year. Is it the first time, though, that both leagues have done that? It might be the first time ever that they're unanimous in both leagues. Yankees and Bellinger. Judge and Bellinger in 2017. Wow. Prior to that, it was 97 when Nomar Garcia Parra and Scott Rowland were the that was a couple of good rookies of the year. Yeah. And then in 1987, Mark McGuire of Oakland and Benito Santiago of the San Diego Padres. The guy so, that threw from his knees, yeah. first guy I remember. I, I don't know. It, Manny Sanguin back years ago for the uh, parts might have done that. I saw Tony Pena throw from his knees a few yeah, times. Yeah, but Santiago was really good at it. Yeah. He had a cannon for an arm. Remember he had that, he had like a 34-game hitting streak as a rookie. Remember that? Yeah, was, he was really, good. Yeah. All right, Jess, hello to the uh, radiant and ravishing uh, Dawn Sean. She just finished up a, uh, a 12-hour shift. She is... She's got her hair done yesterday, Jess. Looking foxy. She might be looking for some sleep. She's looking foxy with that uh, that new hair. Uh, you got a uh, got a final? Yeah, nugget my for girls it? too down in Texas and Columbia and Cape. Uh, I this is an old one, but I hadn't read it in a long, long time. An oldie, but a goodie. Wit W I T is the only wall between us and the dark. 
So you got to be pretty smart enough, I guess, to get through life is what they're saying. That was written by Mark Van Doren. Not me. One final note. Congratulations to former Blues, Pierre Turgeon and Ken Hitchcock, elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Hitchcock, the fourth winningest coach in NHL history. With several teams, but great record. Won his cup with the Dallas Stars. Jess, run it back tomorrow? Yep. All right. That's a Hall of Famer. Stay tuned. Greeny is next. Have a great Tuesday, everybody.